everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart, or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. I have somebody here, as I said last week, that I've been dying to get on the show. Did not think I could get him on the show, but I just love him. He's got a per- the one of those absolutely amazing personalities that shines through his work, and I am so excited that he is going to join us for a conversation today. So without further ado, everybody, please welcome Andrew Gray. Hey, it's wonderful to be here. Do you know it's so funny excited. that you actually share the, the same last name as my aunt? <laughs> I was thinking that as I was introducing you, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's got the same last name as my aunt. same spelling too. Yes, I took the English spelling. Yeah, on purpose. Yeah, she's Scottish as well, so you know, it must be there must be a Scottish connection in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm a little Scottish somewhere. Somewhere, I think we all are. I think Scotland got <laughs> got, got around quite a bit. You know, we were very prolific. I think. Yes. I was just in. I was just in Nova Scotia. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah I was beautiful. surrounded by Scottish. <laughs> was that a bit of an adjustment for you? Because I know most of us are quite blunt, and then there's some of us that has like really perfect manners. Was it a bit of a eye opener for you? No, it was a great time. We had that a great is time. brilliant. Yeah, because I have some time. people that say to me, "Oh my gosh, why are Scottish people so blunt?" And I'm like. 
We're not all blunt. It's that's a stereotype. It's, people are people. Yeah. Some people are blunt. Some people aren't. It's it, it, it's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah, I must admit, my husband, who's Glaswegian, very very strong accent, had a TSA agent put her hand on his knee and ask him if he spoke English. <laughs> In Philadelphia. I was mortified and I had to translate for her. <laughs> All over a t-shirt, by the way. All over a t-shirt. Yes. Oh, do you speak English? It's and it was so... Do you speak English? The way that she, he looked at her, I couldn't tell if he wanted to throttle her. Or just die in shock. It was like the, that kind of in the headlights look. And I thought... And then she asked me the same question. Before I even opened my mouth. <laughs> and that was all over a pilot taking offence to a very famous Scottish saying. Which he... T-shirt that he bought in the Los Angeles airport. And decided to wear on his trip home. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Really?" So yeah, that was our that was a little uh, funny experience in Philadelphia. We loved Los Angeles; absolutely adored it. I thought it was amazing. Still want to visit Texas and Colorado because I'm a horse girl. But yeah, I okay. uh, I do love the states a little bit too much. My dad calls my dad and my husband calls me a closeted American because they reckon I was born in the wrong country. Okay, well, um, I mean, I have a kilt that I oh, wear. Oh, okay. So I think I think we're all a closeted something else. Okay. Yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. I think it happens to all of us. I'm the only one in the family who's loud, likes her pickup trucks, her shotguns, her horses, and uh, yeah, I'm a very big fan of professional wrestling, so I kind of tick all the boxes of a southern <laughs> southern girl, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. My husband said if I went to the States I pro like, and spent real time there, I probably never would come home. <laughs> because every too much I'd be like ooh I might go do this um, so yeah it's kind of like a, a runny joke in my family so I love it I love it and I, that's why I love having Americans on because I can kind of have that giggle and a laugh and so yeah my husband just sort of rolls his eyes and goes oh not again <laughs> so <Okay>. yeah <laughs> well my, if anybody's listened to my show you'll all know it's not a show where we don't laugh. It's not a serious show. Uh, we like to have fun. And we talk about absolutely everything and anything. Um, from the obscene to... I would say the grown-up, maybe? So, yeah. we. So, this, this could be an interesting experience today. But I am excited to have you on. Because I know of um, Fire Glass... And in the weeds, which is already out when this is this podcast is out, um, and you were telling me about another 
what sounded like an awesome book. Do you want to tell us a little bit well, about the first got, one? Um, coming out sometime in the March to May time frame next year is a book called Only the Brightest Stars. I love that and title. It's, it's Andrew Gray's take on the on the A Star is Born story, because I hate the traditional Star is Born story. Okay. Oh, I get all the time, oh, it's so romantic. Yeah, but he dies, therefore it's not a romance. Sorry. That's no my take. Ending. Oh, my goodness. Somebody finally, oh, my gosh, somebody finally it's agrees with me. It's not a romance, because it doesn't have a happy ending. There Thank you. It is, so it is what I did a drama. Was I took my own version of that story and I Andrew grade it. So not only does it have a happy ending, it's got lots of interesting things and interesting characters. So I love it's that. my it's my take on the whole Star is Born story. I um, love that. Yeah. Um so yes, it will have a happy ending. It's got lots of interesting characters and a lot of fun things. It's got, yes, it's got some, it's got damage, characters with damage and all of that, but you're going to have a happy ending. The ending is going to be happy. It's going to be upbeat. It's what um, a romantic movie or a romantic story should be. Mm. Um, So that's coming out next year, Only the Brightest Stars. I just got the cover the other day. And yeah, the cover model is really pretty. He's Hollywood oh. pretty. Oh, I love that Hollywood. Pr- oh, yes, he's Hollywood oh. pretty. And you sold me already. Then you sold next, me already. Then later in the year, in October. Yeah. We have a story called "Drag Me to the Wedding." Harlequin Ooh. is publishing it. It's being published by one of Harlequin's imprints. And it's an all-out romantic comedy, laugh-your-butt-off romantic comedy. I love that. Do it's you know which officer. one it's coming out in? Did they it, tell it will you? Be, it's October of next of 2023. Yeah, babe, what, what imprint did you say it was coming it's out It's going in? to be one of, it's going to be Karina, part of Harlequin. Uh, is I love that, yeah. Karina's amazing. And, and let's see, it's... Um, a police officer who it's a police officer from Chicago who has to attend his sister's wedding in Missoula, Montana. Mm. Yes, he has to attend the wedding. His and his parents do not know that he's gay. He has basically compartmentalized his life. Oh, he doesn't go home so all that often. He lives his life in Chicago, but he has to go home. He has to attend his sister's wedding. His mother has expectations. So all of his friends, all of his female friends are not able to go with him. So he goes with a drag queen. I can see this going so horribly wrong. Exactly. You've got, he ends up going with a drag queen. He's going to his sister's wedding. And of course, Daniel, a.k.a. Daniela, who that's how, that's, that's how he attends the wedding as Daniela, a.k.a. Um, Chicago's top drag queen, Lala Traviata. Wow, <laughs> I love that name. Yes, um, mm. um, and her and her drag. If you were going to drag name, well, let's let's talk about Lala's drag mother, 
Her drag mother is Tulane Highway. The well-traveled Tulane Highway. Oh, that could be taken in so many different ways. <laughs> My husband came up with that drag name. I love that drag name, though. It yeah. is like a Tulane one... Highway. Yeah, it is one of the most amazing ones I've heard. Because um, I knew of a drag queen called Backwards. And it was a play on sort of like she started her life backwards in her opinion, and I just was like, See, to me forever to for it to click. And then I loved it when I when I got it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's like, we're all backwards. We're all we're all going from, you know, the naked bald baby to our gorgeous delicious selves and i was like oh okay i could i could roll with that i could roll with but, that you know i dominic when he let's see i did another book that had drag queens years ago mm -hmm. and and dominic helped me came up come up with some of the drag names you know we had candy cane yes yes you know we had all of these wonderful drag names and from this book tulane highway makes an appearance in that book as well it's from years ago i think it's called from loathing to love it's the ah. l book the first word the first book word of the book is loathing and the last word of the book is love and all of the chapters have l headings oh so, i like yeah, that that's it's really the well l book. Yeah. It's from loathing to love and Tulane Highway makes an appearance in that, makes a brief appearance in that book. So I just had to bring back the well-traveled Tulane Highway. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, uh, Sweet sweet Like Treacle was another, another drag queen I knew. I don't think that they're a drag queen anymore, though. Um, oh, and she'd go, honey, I'm a sweet-ass Treacle. And I just loved it. I just like, mm -hmm. can I take you home? Can I please take you home? So, um, yeah, that was one of my... So and... that, that's coming in October. So we've got that in a year. Or mm. actually, actually, what, not in, not in a year. We have that in however many months. But it's coming in October of 2023. Yeah, because if you think about it, this, this is out in March. So that's... Yeah. Seven, seven months. months, seven months, yeah. Seven months. I had to count it on my fingers. <laughs> but yeah, seven months. I'm bad with math, honestly. If I don't, if I don't do things on fingers, no chance. Yes. No chance. So, but yeah, seven months. I think that's amazing because that is that is like such a good October read. It really, really is a good October yeah, it's gonna, read. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing, fun read. It's going to be amazing. Um... Let's see, then we've got, we should have, out now we should have Fire and Glass, which I have a number of series that are set where I live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. I love that and so place, yeah. I've got the Carlisle Cops series, which starts with Fire and Water. I have the Carlisle Deputy series, which starts with Fire and, um, Fire and Flint. And then we have the Carlisle Troopers, which is State Troopers. So I did all of the variations of police. <laughs> I like that, though, because you could have had the, the Carlisle Feds as well. Yeah, but we don't have Feds here, so it doesn't work. Oh. But um, 
we have, so the first one in that series is Fire and Sand. The next one, which should be out, is Fire and Glass. And I think coming up is going to be Fire and Ermine. Ooh, I yeah, like that. I, and that's going to be sometime later this year, but I'm not sure exactly when. But I've decided to bring a prince to Carlisle, so hence a state trooper and a prince. So hence the ermine. I like that. So we're gonna yeah. yes, we're gonna bring a prince. I figured I it figured it was time that that Carlisle got visited by royalty, so it brought a prince to Carlisle. Oh, I think so, too, because, like, if you think about it, they get everywhere anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, so why not not have one visit here and fall in love? Exactly. And I think that would be just really different and original, and I think that's something a lot of people are saying about romances. They don't feel that there's any real original stories anymore, and I think that's a fantastic original one that you can can bring to the table and... Set there it on fire again. Stories. Mm-hmm. There are prince stories. I mean, there's lots of them. I mean, yeah. there's more prince stories than there are princes in the entire world, I'm sure. Oh, yes. yes. I'd agree with that. Um, Definitely. So what you have to do with any story, because there isn't any... It's hard to find something that is original. Yeah. So what you have to do is you have to take something that's been... Maybe it's been done and... It's, Put, your, put a spin on it. You have to do something different. You have to do something fun. Yes, I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. And it's hard, too, because getting that balance just right sometimes feels like climbing a mountain, really, doesn't it? Because, does. you know, your, your back's kind of against the wall, in a way, because you want it to be perfect, but then at the same time, you're very much aware of how, you know, am I doing this right? What am I presenting here? Um, so I admire anyone that kind of rocks the boat a little bit and isn't scared to push the boundaries. I myself, I'm trying to do a little bit more rounded, diverse stories myself because I think it's like put your money where your mouth is a little bit at the time when you're, you're, you're somebody that advocates or you try to be an ambassador. Um, and I think we all, as writers, I think if you think of what Virginia Woolf said, we are all writers and we all have a pen, we all have a voice. It's our jobs to be, the. it's our jobs to write the world as it is um, and what it could be. Don't know if you agree with me on that, but. Yeah, that's part of our job. Definitely. I, it's, it's romance writers. It's part of our job to write the world so that it has a happy ending. Ours yeah. is ours is very much a way the world we want the way we want the world to be. I would agree with that hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's it's what we do as romance writers. Just like like with with only the brightest stars, I took the old Hollywood standard that's been made four times at least. I've seen three of the four. Yeah. At least it's been four. I haven't seen the latest one. And I decided that that I wanted to do a true romance version of that story. I wanted to do something. I wanted to make it happier. I wanted to make that story the way I wanted it to be. Yeah, and I, I think with the world as it is right now, it's not a happy place. And I think we can change that. 
and I think we can do that by using our pens and writing a much happier world and a much happier happier story for us to all kind of escape into I think yeah yeah absolutely gosh we share a lot of thoughts as similarities I was not expecting <laughs> I'm sort of like blown away a little bit here I love it because um, usually everyone argues with me when they come on the show they're like no <laughs> and I'm like oh oh okay I stuck well, my foot in it what's new as my job as a romance author is to tell a really good story to, yes. to put spin on things to make it fun yes. to make a romance which the reader already knows how it's, it's that it's going to end happy because it's a romance they already exactly. know certain things about the book yeah. there are certain expectations with the type of story if you write mm -hmm. a secret baby story there are certain expectations about that story so how do you yeah. take a secret baby book and turn it on its ear to make it different to make it special um, I, totally I have a, a story that I'm working on um, through my agent it's called right now the working title is in who knows if it's ever going to come of anything but it's an MM secret baby book oh wow Oh, yeah. that has to become something, Andrew. It's we funny. have to. It's, we have to make it something. It's funny. It's a comedy it, because because how can an MM secret baby not be funny? Exactly. <laughs> it's and it's called the working title is Gunkle Daddy. Oh, I love that. Oh, because, we have to make this happen because the 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 the, the child involved is being raised by his gunkle. Um, after after his sister died, and they you know the sister knows who the father is, but she's dead. He knows who the father is, but the sister has has, has sworn him to secrecy and, and was was so hurt by his departure that she never wanted to see him again and made him swear he would never tell tell the father um, that he has a son that 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 what's happened that she was course, going, she yeah. was going to raise the child alone but now she's made him swear and of course in the course of his work he ends up working with the guy yeah and so and it's, 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 it's a really shocker yeah. so he's got to bring his son oh so yes it's put him and his son in direct collision course with the father and, and it just, needs to happen, yeah. It needs yeah, of course. To I mean, you have to resolve the secret baby conflict, but but you know, there's other issues, of course. Like the father is heir to a Florentine jewelry dynasty. Okay. And he has no heir himself. He doesn't know uh. that he actually has an heir. That he has one. He just doesn't know it. So, yeah, I, I love get that. to have all kinds of fun with all kinds of things. But we do as, as romance writers, we have that 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 fun that we can create. Because for me, like, I created wrestling romance. Like, how many people would think to create that? And for me, I know there's a lot of women, and I, I don't know if you agree with me, 
where there's men with oil covered bodies, tiny trunks, they look well maintained, they have the charisma. Why not have that sexiness put to good use? Because a lot of the time it's wasted. So I put it on the page and I get I get a lot of hassle from my wrestling guy friends because they're like, really? Do you have to sexualize us? And I'm like, sorry, dude, you're the one wrestling in your underwear. Dude, come on, dudes. You've been sexualizing women for for millennia, so they get to just turn the pages on you. Sorry. Exactly. And they, they get they get upset with me about it, and Sorry. I'm like, well. Besides, you parade around in these teeny tiny little shorts. And, and they expect us not to look. You yep. expect us not to look. It's like football players. You, t- you travel around in those really, really, really tiny, tight pants, and then you bend over and pass balls between other guys' legs, and you expect us not to watch? Exactly. Please. Like, you're not ex- going to expect us to look at your really divine bum and be like, ooh, that I could bite that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's I mean, natural, but I, I get a lot of stick. Um, because, I think, because I think it's easier for them, because they know me, so it's almost like, well, you know, we know her, we can give her stick. So I do get it. I do get a lot. Because well, I wrote, you will love this, I wrote an erotica author working at an erotica author event. So there's all these half-naked people on banners hanging down from the ceiling and they're walking around in cosplay costumes. And these wrestlers, these tough and rough goods, get booked into the same place. The you know the promoter actually you know books them into the hotel that is happening at, so they have to stay there, and it puts them on a it puts what Trace and Kate on a collision course, and they haven't spoken to each other in years, and he is such a huge fan of her. He secretly tries to buy her stuff, he buys her romance novels, but she will not let him have any pictures of her. So there's kind of this almost banter that goes on and it kind of builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and then they finally get together at the end. And that to me was an exceptional story and that's Summer of Him, that was my last release. And it it is because it's that almost of, I do mention in the novel, if you're going to sexualize yourself, don't expect me to enjoy it. I think she actually says those words and I was just like, it's the truth. It's the truth, but in romance. And they do have a happy ending. But I left it open so I can do the second novel if I wanted to. So happy ending with, with a with a little strand left to play with. So well, but I love I, that. You can always you can always write the next story, but it doesn't have to be their story. It could be exactly. someone else's story with them as the secondary characters and you just pull this string. Yeah, I've got a secret. I've I've had a secret baby in the the next one. You know, this guy sleeps with this beautiful girl and has no idea that he was not playing with the with his protection, and now ends up getting her pregnant. And it's kind of like, you know, it's cousin situations. They're cousins to the first ones in the book, and they have to kind of help them sort out their mess and get together. And I thought. Oh, that's that that is really cool, and uh, I had had fun writing it, but I I just I haven't published it yet. Um, I I lost all my confidence though, to be fair, um, 
sort of couple of years ago in this last couple of years. So trying to find my way back, trying to find my way back. I'll get there. I'll get there. So I would love to hear a little bit about In the Weeds, your new Leaf series. Well, what I've done is it's also set here in Carlisle. Yeah. And, and the first book in that series was New Leaf. Oh. And it's, these are people, both books are people that are coming back to town. Okay. okay. For one yeah. reason or other. In In the Weeds, he's coming back to town to help his father, who's been injured. And okay. his parents had a florist business. And their son is coming, he's coming back. He's been working as a florist, as a florist to the stars, at least he hopes, oh, wow. in L.A. And it hasn't right. been working out very well. Oh, no. Not as well as he thought it was going to be. So right. he's coming home to help his father. And the, the old floral business, the old greenhouse and floral business has just been sitting there. After his mother died, the business is yeah. closed, and it's just been sitting there. And the business is being used as a, um, as a, uh, is using, being used by not-so-nice people to grow things like pot. Oh, okay. And, and then... With with once the pot business became something that wasn't that big a deal, they branched out into other things, and they're sort of using the empty greenhouse and these empty buildings as sort of a warehouse, as sort of a distribution right. point. Yeah. So he comes back. He, he you know he he discovers what's going on. He um, he uh, and in that process, he meets he meets the. The, the one that got away. Oh, I love that. Which is which is the police officer here in Carlisle who got away. Oh. He, at, when he got a, at the time he was marrying. He wasn't ready to accept who he was, so yeah. he had he had denied and denied his own sexuality and got married. He has a kid. Yep. Um, but. His wife has gone back to um, has gone back to Central America, and he's okay. raising he's raising his child. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is very much a one that got away. It's a second chance romance. I love that. Oh. And and it's fun, and it's got a great ending. But yeah, the whole story in the weeds, new leaf. They're all, they've all got this interesting twist to them. Yeah. About parents and, and the legacy of parents. And, and, and do you, do you pick up that legacy? Do you pick up and run with it and accept it? Or do you, do you really go your own way? Or do, or do you do a combination of both? Yeah. And make that legacy and what they've given you your own. Put your own spin on it. Put your own stamp on it, yeah. and make make it your own. I in love the that. in the first one, the most which is New Leaf, the most interesting character is actually the dead mother. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she's really this interesting character that you never actually meet, but you see her through the story. Right. Um, he comes home. His mother, after his father died, is in New Leaf. His mother married a woman. 
His mother fell oh. in love with a woman and right. and fell in love with Jane. And so now that she's gone, she left Jane the house, but she left her son the business. Right, okay. Okay. She left him the business. And it's this bookstore here in Carlisle, and it's not doing well, and he can't figure out how his mom could figure, how he could keep it going. Yeah, of course. His it's mom hard, has this yeah. really weird sense of humor. He comes home, you know, he comes into the kitchen, and he turns to Jane, and he says, we got to do something about this wallpaper. I'm, I can't stand it. It's chickens and foxes. He says, every time I come home, I expect to see bloody carnage on the walls. <laughs> I would as well. Exactly. He goes into the powder room and he, he steps into Whoville. Oh, jeez. At, at the store, when he goes to the bathroom, it's Alice in Wonderland, which gives a whole new meaning to, to going down the hole. Down yes, the it does. <laughs> exactly. His mom has this really weird, quirky sense of humor, and she brought it to life. Of course, and of course, it'll be the community factor as well. That's how she's made it work. She's it's made her... it work. It's funny. Yeah. It's interesting. And, yes, it is. Yeah. And so you've you've got these quirky characters who come to life, and it's just so much fun. I had so much fun writing them. So much fun writing it. these books. I love it. So, is there one that's upcoming that you're really excited about? Would you say? Oh, goodness. Wow. You have to pick one. I have to pick one. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean. Little teaser get, for our listeners. I get excited about every one of the books yep. that's upcoming. Um, um, oh, gosh. It's hard to say. It I know, right? Like, um, everyone looks at me and they kind of they dread this question at the beginning well, because it is no, a little bit of a I mean, cause hard one. Because everyone is a favorite. I mean, you love everyone as you write it. Otherwise, you wouldn't write it. Yeah. Um, let's see. I've got coming up. Well, we've already talked about Fire and Ermine, which is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we, and we've already talked about Drag Me to the Wedding, which is just an absolute... I think it's got to be Dragged to the Wedding. I mean, that one is just yep. going to be so fun and so funny. Yes, I think it will be, actually. I mean, the mother, as I said, the mother has expectations. Of course. And her expectations are, are needle-pointed in a sampler on the wall as Mama's Ten Commandments. Oh, one of those. Yes, one of those mothers. And it's not the Ten Commandments, it's Mama's Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, yeah. You know, thou shalt call thy mother. (laughs) Yes, I can see where that's going. I have a mom very similar. She she had great expectations for me. Um, And I'm glad I actually managed to... Oh, I became a writer, which was not part of her expectations, but... (laughs) Um, she wanted me to have one of those stable jobs and nine to five lives. And, uh, I am obviously a writer who is only now completing her university degree. So yeah, it was a little bit of a interesting start, I think is the best way of putting well, it. Well, I mean, I, I, I got a business degree years ago. 
Yeah. Then I went back and got a master's and, and ended up ended up in retail for a while. Then I ended moved into information systems. I have a master's in information systems, ultimately. I was an yeah. information systems project manager. I was managing people and teams, and now I write. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that, that this whole circle would have come around? So you never know what where life is going to take you. You just don't know. So Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought? Nobody thinks that. Like, I would never... I said, I thought I was going to be a midwife. Um, because I love babies. I love children. I love um, helping women have children. So... I honestly thought that that would be my calling, that my life, but actually my health had other ideas. My, I have, I have a, I have a long-term illness, uh, degenerative illness is what they call it. Uh, so I had to be kind of smarter and I think I've had about 14 different career changes in my life. Um, because you never, with that, you never know where you're going to end up and yeah, so I couldn't have the night five jobs. I've tried working in a school. I've tried working in children's homes um, and all of that. And I just, unfortunately, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Um, so writing has always been there for me and it's pulled me, you know, back all the time. So I feel kind of special and relieved all, on that one. We all have to follow our path and sometimes it's a very crookedy one. And we don't get choices. Can, can I just state where you end up is not all about your choices. It's sometimes well, it can, completely out with, without your control. Some, just, some of them can be out of your control, but it, it, it actually is your choices. I'm going to disagree with you there. It's good. how you deal with those things that are out of control yeah. that determine the outcome. Some things are out of your control, but it's how you deal with them and how, the choices you make around them that actually determine your path because you can you can you can have you could have had this this degenerative disease and done nothing exactly instead you chose to to try all these different things and then you chose to try writing and then you'll choose you whatever you choose going forward it will be your choice yeah it, it, well it, it the, the you, thing is i never stopped you know um i i literally watched you know, the people I was growing up with, I was on a cancer ward, so they passed. And I do suffer from, you know, survivor's guilt, but the ones that had long-term illnesses like myself, they did give up. And I remember just looking at them and thinking, I can't, I can't do that. I can't quit. And I don't know why I could not give in. And trust me, I mean, i Last year, I spent the entire year near enough in the hospital. I got sepsis, and I had to have joint replacements removed and new joints put in. And it was awful. And I really, there was times when I thought, oh, it'd be so much easier if I just stopped fighting. But I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Um, and I actually was studying with sepsis last year, and I, I barely passed, but I passed my year. Um... And I just keep thinking back to that, like, you know, it might take a lot of my freedoms away, but it has made me a really strong writer because no matter what I'm going through, every day I sit down at the computer and every day I write, I write something, you know. That, 
It's that decision. That's what determines the outcome. Yeah. I wish I didn't get this, you know, this illness at two and a half years old. But it has forced me, I think, to follow the path that was always meant to be you can't you can't change for me it. no so so you live with what you can't change and you you make the decision as to how you're going to move forward so that's yeah. what that's my feeling on things that's how i and that's that's a big you'll find that a lot in my books i like is, that about your there books there are things so. that you can't change it's how you deal with them exactly and i think i love your books for that because there's almost like a an a realism effect and I, I like that because it's almost like saying, okay, you can go through all this this crap. And it is crap. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, but you determine who you want to be. You determine if you want to be a criminal. You determine by your choices what you want to go through. But on the other hand, if you're handed a long-term illness, that's not something you've chosen. That's something that's been well, pressed upon we you. Don't, we don't always get to choose everything no. in our life. No. So, you, you you know, there's the old the old saying, which is always there. You know, yeah. Um, you know that 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 old the old prayer. You know, God. You know, God. Give I'm me trying the to think strength. what it is as well. Yeah. Oh. You know, God. God, give me what is it? God, give me the strength to to change what I can, to live with what I what I can't change, and the and the the grace to know the difference you know that's it's, exactly right yeah and the, and you know those people that are unhappiest are the ones that rail against what they can't change yes that is so true it's um so... and i i spent a number of years fighting what i could not change and i can tell you here and now it got me ex- nowhere it, it got nowhere. <laughs> nowhere i i just spun my wheels like a like I'd lost the uh, the road behind me, um, but then I learned. Okay, you know, I need to rethink this. I need to rethink what I'm doing here. Um, and I'm lucky that I had writing, and I had a lot of really great supportive people who allowed me to do that and allowed me to launch myself into something more, into something different. So yeah. So let's talk about books. I love this okay. this topic. What's the book you've read most recently that stuck with you the most? The one that you just cannot, for the life of you, get out of your head. Oh, wow. Um, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. It is a toughie. I mean, there have been books over the years that have stuck with me for various reasons. Yeah. Um, um, there's a there's a book I read and I've read it a couple times. Yeah. It's a really big book. Uh, but don't you love just really big books? Because you know what you're getting into with a really big. You know book. what you're getting into. It's going to yeah. take you days and days to read and lots of stuff. But yeah. um, it's Ken Follett's The Pillars of the Earth. I read it years ago. Mm. I've read it a number of times. It's it's a wonderful epic story. Ooh. There's nothing better okay. than an epic. And the funny thing is, he didn't he didn't start out that way, but in the end, it's a romance. Oh, okay. That, that was a bit of a swerve. That yeah, that's a bit the of a whole, swerve. The whole... It is. But the whole book revolves... I mean, it takes place over 30 years. 
Wow. And and it's it revolves around the building of a cathedral in in the twelfth century. But the central characters, you've got two real central characters, and they fall in love with each other. And you've got all of this going on, and, you know, he writes this amazing book, but in the end, it's a romance. I don't think, I just don't think he really meant to start out that way. Yeah, I love end, that when it's, it's not, not where they aimed for, but it's where they landed. Yeah, I love that. I do love that. Yes. Yes. It's his whole historical epic. He Kim Follett is an amazing storyteller. I've read a whole bunch of his books. He he still he can always tells this great great story. Yeah. And and that's what you like. I like most is being able to tell a really great story, whether it's a romance or whether it's something else. You've got to have the really great story. It yes. can be the story of two people falling in love and all these other things that happen. But yeah. it's still got to be a really good story. Um, yes, I agree. I went to a conference years ago. Oh, I wish I could go to a book conference. And, and it was a long time ago. It was one of the first conferences I went to. And this was a professional conference. This was a conference for writers. Yeah. It was in New Jersey. And, and, um. One of the ladies was doing a, a, a talk on storytelling. Right. And she talked about a, a talked about a story and one of the one of the examples she used is the old Hemingway classic. And he was okay. challenged to tell a story in six words. So his first was for sale, yeah. baby shoes never worn. That was his story in six words. Wow. Oh, oh. Yeah. That's, it just yeah. takes Oof. a few seconds to think about it, and it's, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. So I wrote a, a story called, a novel called In Search of a Story, and it's the entire story of For Sale Baby Shoes Never Worn. Oh, I love that. That is so it's cute. A news, yeah, it's a newspaper good man who's looking he's trying to get off the off the, the the copy desk he's trying to do something he knows that he's down to the last one and and he's looking for an, a story idea and his editor says it throws the classifieds at him and saying why don't you just look there because obviously it's stuff and he sees this ad basically yeah. that says for sale baby shoes never worn wow so he figures there's a story there so he goes and he he goes looking for it yeah, of course. And what he finds is an amazing story. Yeah. But yeah, it's well, for sale. Yeah, of course there's going to be worn. like an amazing story there. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. you've just like rattled my heart and soul in that exactly. just that one for sale baby shoes never worn. There's wow. emotion, there's drama, there's a real story and it's only six words. Oh, wow. I love that. I really do. I, I mean, a lot of my stories, I will start, I know it sounds awful, but I do start out with six words, and I think, well, what, you know, if I was to tweet this, I think that it was the tweet challenge that I did. Um, what would I 
put in that tweet. And I had a hard job. I've really had an extremely hard job with that one. And I came out with, um, we'll, we'll do the one for Ride With Me. And it literally was Ride With Me Forever. So I did it in four. And that stuck with me. I actually used the first three in the title, so it would remind but, me. Yes, you, every story, you know, there, there's this, there's this process that I go through with each book. It's like, what is the high concept? What yeah. is that thing that you can say in a few words? It's like, that's the essence of the story. Well, I gotta ask, if you saw a book that said, Ride With Me Forever, would you pick it up? Is it a cowboy story? Yep. And see, it, I mean, those four words tell you certain things about the story. Yep. No, that's it why tells I you it's a romance, it tells you that it's probably a cowboy story. And there's probably a horse in there somewhere. <laughs> well, there's definitely a horse because you got the whole ride with me forever. Yeah. Well, it could but be a motorbike. You could. You could argue a motorbike. If you added two more words, you'd get even more. Yeah, I couldn't think of two more words. You know, ride with me. Where? Ride with me. For second chances. Or right, where? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I have the answer. I'm just saying that... I like it, though, because you're challenging me. And, where, and not, it's not something that where, happens Where do often. you need to ride? Where yeah, do you exactly. want them? Because you're, you're talking about them riding somewhere. But where? And that where's got to be really interesting. I think it's the happy ever after they're riding to. Oh, but that's expected if it's a romance. Yeah. That, that's me. That's me being honest. But yeah, that, that in my head was... They are taking that horse ride to to that happy place that they've never had, but, to that happy but, ending. But but um, that's expected with a romance. Yeah. So you've, you've got to go further. You've I would say ride with people. me for our, like, to, either to our family or for our family would be a good one because she... In a way, she's already made family, and he's becoming a part of that. But I guess what I'm saying is, it's got to be super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Ride. I thought I had you with Ride With Me Forever. <laughs> no, so. not quite, because you've got to have where. Yeah. Ride, um, um, ooh, how about Ride With Me Over the Cliff? Oh, I like that. That would be yeah. Thelma and Louise. <laughs> that would be a very Thelma Louise stop. Yeah. I, oh. Okay. Ride with Love me. That. Um, because you, you know, I mean, you could you could do all the play, but what is the? Yeah, it 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 is a hard one because it ride is ride that... with me over the speed bumps of life. There's your comedy. Oh, I love that. And it's not comedy. It's 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 one of those no, ones that saying. it's a tearjerker. It you know the whole point of it was to find that tearjerker that just but makes you, you realize know, there, how amazing your own whole, life is. There's this whole concept of what is the high concept of the book. 
Yeah. What is what is the point? What is the essence? And break it down yeah. into a sentence. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, for drag me to the wedding, is, our high concept was the wedding date meets La Cage au Fall. Oh, that is good. I like that. Yeah. Okay, you mm-hmm. get it. You mm-hmm. get it in a few words, and there it is. Um, yeah. I did a we did a books called Hunks of the Month. Ooh, okay. Uh, yes, calendar girls with guys. I like that. Yeah, it's it's, or, it's almost like a nice spin on it. Yeah, but but it's but it, it, it that was what we started with, but we took it further. Yeah, it's it now it's calendar girls. It's two guys on the calendar. Yeah. So yeah. so now it's calendar you know calendar guys who give who, giving you flowers. Oh, okay. Because who wouldn't want two sexy guys giving you flowers? Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, I see where you know, you're going. Yes. You yeah. You got this high concept, and, it, and over the course of a book, it changes. It it yeah. may morph. It may shift. But the high concept is that that idea. What is the central idea? And it's got to be mm-hmm. more than than the heavy ever after because it's a romance. We expect the heavy ever after. That's a yeah. given. I think it's a so, promise, to, you know, that they'll always, no yeah. matter what, ride with each other. And I think that's what to. I was trying to get across, you know. Yeah. But it's it's but every reader expects it. So you don't have to tell the reader what they what what they already know if it's a romance. Yeah. You have to give your reader what they don't know. You have to give your reader a hint of the ride. Because That's the true. romance isn't about the destination as much as it is about the ride. It's yeah. about the getting there. It's about the the um, the the roller coaster that they get to go to before the happy ever after, the ups and the downs. Because mm. you can take two guys or two a woman and a man. Um, you get to t- you can take them from completely different backgrounds. You can throw them together in an unlikely situation that draws them together and it makes them and feelings develop and we've got all of that and you can put them through complete and total hell. Yeah, you can. In fact, it's fun when you get to put them through hell. I get to rub my hands together in glee. Yeah, you go, ooh. As long as you give them the happy, as long as you figure out a path to a happy ever after at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. That's you have to have it. Yeah, to do with the romance. So it's when you're talking about that, that, um, that overarching concept, that key idea. Mm-hmm. You have to have, um, you have to you have to give them a sense of that journey. Yeah, you know, you have to give them a sense of the journey. So you know. Um, ride with me forever yes that gives a little bit but what's the journey to get there what are the bumps what are the the pitfalls i i think with with kind of cole and lorna's story it's cole's coming back from a head injury where he's been breaking horses and he fled after his father and her father were killed in a head-on crash and i think it's really the fact that he runs every time the road gets bumpy. He runs no matter, like, he, he runs when it's tough. And here she is, the 
the sort of beacon of strength and courage and bravery because she's doing all these these amazing things and he can only see the pitfalls of she might cut her one of these children might die with the horses you know he can see all the bad stuff and here she is this positive light but she will not be positive or forgiving with him and Mm -hmm. she holds him I don't want to say hostage because hostage isn't the right word but she holds him accountable for the fact that he fled on her in what should have been a time that bonded them together I that to me is the pitfalls you know and she's facing that loss because her mother's got cancer her mother's dying so there's that kind of sense of the road isn't stopped being bumpy yet for her right Um, so yeah in your in your four were in your in your words in that mm-hmm. synopsis of the story you've got to give the bumps i don't know yeah. what the answer is but no we'll figure it out you'd me of those bumps yeah. i bet you after this show you'll you'll go to dinner or something and it'll hit you and then <laughs> you'll write to me and i'll be like yeah that's it yeah you know it's, it always happens it's to me the bumps. Always. you've got to have the drama yeah you do you do you know because like I, I wrote a story that's out. It's called Nowhere to Ride. Oh, I like that. No, nowhere to hide. You know, it gives that sense of, of, of that there's bumps. That that the road is rocky. That the road isn't smooth. That it isn't easy. Yeah. That, you know, there there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. So what else do you have for us? Oh, you wanting the next tough question? Are you sure, sure you're ready? Are you ready? Who sure. do you wish, if you had infinite time to sit and read, you get one series and one author, and it cannot be the same genre? Oh, it can't be the genre that I... Okay. It cannot be um, the same... Yeah. Like, you can have a romance author... But you can't have a romance series. See what oh, I mean? So it's well, got to be two different series, like two different genres. And this no, is what if, you're going to read for a long if time. If I had to, if I had to do it, let's see. Um, okay, something completely different. If I could only read that, there is an author, her name is Terry Brisbane, and she writes these amazing historical kilt romances. They are, she's got all these sexy Highlanders. And the first uh, one, the first one in this series is Taming the Highlander, and okay. I just love that series. I don't read MF books very often, yeah. But Terry's a Terry's a good friend. She's wonderful, and I read these books and just sort of fell in love with them. So much so that I actually wrote a kilt romance. I wrote a contemporary kilt romance because she made me because she it inspired so you, yeah. Oh, yes, she did. She's inspired a couple books. Um, oh, that's great. Um, that's that's what you time, need. That is what you first, need in your life, is somebody to create to that. Stay, we were talking story. Yeah. And she and I had this great story, and she talked about Taming the Highlander, which is a Beauty and the Beast book. It is. I was going to say, a that's a Beauty and the Beast book. Yeah. So we were talking about this, so I ended up writing um, Taming the Beast I ended up writing a Beauty and the Beast book. Yeah. And the cool part is that the 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 Beauty and the Beast of that book is is 
The Beast is actually gorgeous. He's a beast on the inside. Oh, okay. He isn't beautiful on the outside. He's beautiful on the inside. So the beauty and the beast is what's on the inside, not what's on the outside. The outside, yeah. And I had I had so much fun with that book, but she inspired that book. So it has to be Terry Bridsman's um, Highlander series, one of her Highlander series. She writes these historical books. They're so great. And And let's see, so... The other one, if I have to go with an author, I would have to go with Amy Lane because Amy is just like my sister. I absolutely love Amy. So what's she write? Because that's oh, a name I've not M. heard. Um, okay. Amy writes M.M. and she's been writing for a, for a number of years. Yeah. And she and I, she's, she's, my husband calls her my con wife because we share hotel rooms <laughs> at town bridges and stuff. So, you know, I went I to- I love that. I went to a conference in August in Houston, and Dominic says, are you staying with your con wife? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, as if long I'm, as you're with her, I'm fine. The thing yep. is, I have an American con wife. That's Amy. I have a European con wife, because if I go to conferences in Europe, usually Sunna goes, and she's my con wife in Europe. <laughs> yep, yep. So but can I, can I just say, you can be... Like eventually, my con uncle who like <laughs> takes me around and is protective of me because I'm the kind of girl who gets lost a lot, uh, a lot. Yeah. So I could always use like the little guiding hand of Crystal is this way. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Where this are way. you going? <laughs> it's yeah. this way. Yeah, but yeah, we. Um, so, so you could have yeah, a laugh it, with me about that. Me writes <laughs> wonderful. She's she's written a knitting series. Oh, knitting I'm coming after my own heart. Which is wonderful. Oh. In fact, Amy turned me into an international hand model. Yeah, I know. You're going to have to explain that one to me, I think. Well, Amy knits, and she knitted me these fingerless gloves for when it gets cold here in Pennsylvania. Of course, And when she yeah. knitted me the gloves, she asked to take a picture, and those pictures, pictures of my hands, were appeared in an Australian knitting magazine. So Amy made me an international hand model. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Oh. Yep, so I'm an, I, I was an, so yes, whenever asked one of those questions that nobody knows about yourself, my, my, my question is always, my answer is always, I was an international hand model. I love that. Because it's like such a weird thing that you wouldn't think mm-hmm. of. Yeah, yep. no, I totally get that. Because I have some, some crazy, crazy, crazy stories about just getting like sucked in i never meant so. to train as a wrestling writer um it was a challenge really because everyone told me you know stay away from this guy he's awful you know he's always been awful you won't like him he doesn't get on with women um he's very sexist so i i took the challenge and i said Beck it i'm gonna go do it and i studied under him and gosh he was a misogynistic guy however I learned to write wrestling. I put up with the fact that he said I'd never write it. But I can stand in front of a six foot three, two hundred to three hundred pound guy and say, You're gonna do this. This is the storyline. This is how it ends. I don't want to hear you complain. Get out there and do it. Yeah. And I'm the height of shite. So. But, um, but you have to be that kind of <laughs> taskmaster. You yeah. are going to do that. 
And well, I fold under pressure, so... If you haven't read an Amy Lane book, write an Amy Lane book, but be sure to re- read one of the comedies. She, she yeah. write, can write these angsty books that will rip your heart out eight ways from Sunday. I love that. Oh, it's angst on that. top of angst. I write. I love her comedies. Her knitting series. She has a Candyman series. Ooh, Candyman. She has. She has. That's just not hotter, more, though, is it? Some. Hmm? That's not hotter, no. Candyman, is it? No, it's Candyman, as in around candy. Oh, okay. Actual totally not candy. what I thought you were going with there. No, thank goodness. No, there's there are books around around a candy store. About ah, around real okay. candy like lollipops and <laughs> I love and that. that sort of thing. Yeah, I not love drugs. that. No, no, no. She, she I said I thought you were going with this, and I was like, and... okay, that, that, that this is interesting. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. Yep. So she no, I around around lemon drops and and that. So yeah, I would I would love to recommend a woman to you. Um, her she's no longer with us, uh, bless her. But Catherine Cookson. There is an English writer who wrote about equality. She wrote about domestic abuse. She wrote about racism. She wrote about. Uh, disabled people being taken advantage of and the way she writes it it is for the blue collar person because that's the voice she uses and oh I mean you're talking about one of the most she can weave you into a world that you would never expect to be in and you feel like you're walking in those boats with her as you're traveling this story um so yeah, I would recommend you try her because I really think you would connect with the stories and I think you could see you would really feel everything and it you have to have special people read her because she she just brings out such emotion I just I just adore what she did and I, I hate that she's now being forgotten because she's not here anymore you know? yeah, I understand so yeah, pl- please if you have you have an opportunity, um, pick her up and and because Colorblind the book she did called Colorblind oh my was God. exceptional. I yeah. Have, yes, I have Colorblind. I know. So I was like same title, but you know different same authors title, and. But very, yeah. but different. Well, I have my 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 main character in Colorblind is blind. Oh, where hers isn't the girl's just blind to. She's but actually colorblind, if you know what I mean. She, like, she's blind to one, all color. Yeah. No, she, he's blind, but the love interest—he's white. The love interest is black. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Whereas mine so was he's black colorblind guy, in the, white it's girl. A, this is an interracial romance. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. So, yeah. so that's the colorblind because at one point, it's like he he sees he doesn't see Ty. He just feels this person as a person and it comes out at some at one point that Ty is you know Ty is black and yeah and he, sa- and he says oh you're black and Ty says is that a problem and and he says no everybody's nope. black to me <laughs> well true very true very true because I he, love that yeah, yeah. Colorblind, he does, you know, from you know race and color, and you got all of that. He is truly colorblind. He, yeah. But matter. when you when you're blind, though, you're blind. It, you know, there's yeah. none of that kind of 
you can't be racist because technically well, everything's black and you can't you can't see the difference you can't tell the difference if somebody well, is or isn't well it's racism knows no bounds but that was the That's whole portion true. about this particular story yeah. was that that even though it, it isn't interracial romance but it isn't about color it is it isn't about the race it's about just yeah. these two people who love each other yeah who who grow to love each other I yeah. like that. I do and like that. it's a that workplace romance. So I've got some, I got a little workplace drama in there too, which is a Workplace drama are the best though. Cause like, I mean, if you're going to be around somebody five days a week, yep. nine to five, there's always going to be drama. There's always going to be tension. And I don't care who you are. There's always your friend from work. There's always the person you get on with. There's always the person you hate. So that, mm -hmm. yeah, to me, that well, that's lots just of, always lots of drama in a confined space. Yeah, and I yep. think people just assume that, oh no, you go to work and everything's fine. No, it's not. That's just not, a no, myth. No place I've ever worked. No place no I ever worked either. Just saying, like, so. no, not any place I've worked. Everywhere I've worked, there's been a drama, um, and it's always the people you don't expect. Well, always the people you don't expect yeah. so that that's my thing so if you could sit and talk to anybody past present um over a meal and you're talking books you can talk about anything you want who would it be and why oh my word i only get to pick one person yeah just one person dinner okay. date okay i am going to pick someone very interesting Okay. Betty Ford. You're going to need to explain that one. <laughs> the wife of, of our former president, Gerald Ford. Yes, I had gotten on that much. Okay. She was a feminist. Mm -hmm. a, you know, a brazen feminist. Yes. She was was the first, she was a person who, came, who got, she got breast cancer and came out and talked about it. Yeah, which was she incredible. She told the world yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and then she was addicted to pills and alcohol. Yep, and that she, came out. Yeah. And she told people about that too. She was just this really interesting person that I think that if you get, you know, would be interesting to be able to sit down with Betty Ford. Yeah. And I say, think it Girl, would be. What were you thinking? Like, how did the hell did you end up there? Because like, you you changed the world. She because she changed the world. She changed she our did. world in a way that nobody gives credit for. No, no. I mean, I we agree wear we wear pink ribbons for breast cancer. We do all this, but up until Betty Ford, nobody discussed it or talked about it. No, and it was it was a silent killer because there wasn't she, she there wasn't the test the for news. she did interviews about it. She yeah. was upfront and personal about it, and the the people in her husband's administration wanted to shut her down. But isn't that always the case? If you no. think on it, isn't it always the case around people that they want to shut down the biggest voices because yeah. it's not beneficial to them? Yeah, I, I see that so and much, and, and that worries me a little there, bit. There's a series that CNN did 
think it was CNN did it. Right. It's called The First Ladies. Yeah. And it's this 10-episode series, and it talks about Eleanor Roosevelt, Michelle Obama, and Betty Ford. Yep. And it's these stories of these three very different women and how mm-hmm. they dealt with certain issues. And yeah. so you see them over time. You, 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 know, you see race. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see all these various issues and things coming into the White House, how it was different, leaving the White House. Yeah, how different that was. How yeah. different they all were, how they all had to deal with it. The post-presidency and how they dealt with it, race. That that has to have been hard if you think on it, because you're going from this, you know, almost perfect glamorous lifestyle to then being out of the camera See, and the out of that thing. world. That's the interesting thing. They all they were all happy to be gone. Yeah. No, I'm they saying though, it's an adjustment it was over. though. They yeah. none of them wanted to be first lady. No. So you, you, they were all reluctant. They didn't want to do it. Um, they had but a they lot had in to. common. Yeah. You know, they did it to support their husbands. They did it because it was their husband's ambition. Yep. Eleanor Roosevelt never wanted to be first lady. In fact, when when Franklin died, she she turned to Harry Truman and she says, "You're in the hot seat now." Yeah. It, it's yeah. yeah, it's over. You know, she was she was out of the spotlight. Um, so it was very interesting. It, it was a very interesting series on these these three women. But Betty Ford was the one that I just thought came across so very interesting. Yeah, because it, it's it, for her. I don't know if her voice got as much well attention it, as it deserved. It didn't because she was you know because of because yeah. he, you know Jerry was only in the White House for two years and then. He mm-hmm. was out. He was gone. Um, somebody yeah. else came in. It was a very short presidency. Yeah. Um, but she. But in that short time, it was funny because she was more popular than he was. Yeah, but then that does happen sometimes. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows Hillary Clinton, but how many people really talk about her husband? Well, well. She's usually the first was... name on our lips, rather than him. Well, now because because she she ran for office and she was yep. in the news more than he was recently. But if you go back, yeah, it's he, a did story. Awful, Hist- he did some awful. He did some history always. Yeah, history changes our view of things. It does. I hundred percent so, agree with you on that. I would love be, love to be able to sit down and have an interesting conversation with Betty. Well, I you have definitely inspired it. Definitely surprise me which is not common on the show is there an author past and present who has influenced inspired and made you excited about books you have to have one offer for each of those so that's for oh, influence inspired and made you excited about books oh my word hey i never said to you this show was easy um um let's see inspired well there's been a number of of books and authors who've inspired me over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 I did a series of mobsters in hiding. Sort of the, 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 yes, the bad to be good is the first book in that series, and Christy Barth inspired that that entire series. 
she yeah. has she had a series of of mobsters in hiding right. and she 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 signed one of the books to me and i read the prologue i never read any more of the book okay because all of a sudden i got this idea for this whole series of my own and i did not want her work to, her work to influence mine too much of course so yeah so i only read the prologue of the book but i but she inspired the entire series yeah the idea inspired the entire series. I um, like that, yeah. Um, what were the other two? <laughs> <laughs> so it's influenced, inspired, and made you excited about reading. Well, oh my word. Um, excited about reading is so easy because all you got, all I have to do is pick up a book. I mean, yeah. I've been reading since I was a kid. Same. I, the, I read the heart. I remember staying up late after my parents had gone to bed reading Hardy Boys books. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge you know? one that a lot of people say. Yeah, um, um, those sorts of things. So reading, I mean, there's lots of stuff that inspired reading. My mom was a big reader, so actually, I have to give I have to give a shout out to my mom for reading because she was such a big reader. My mom was a romance reader so much so she gave birth to a romance author. How about that? Yeah, I like that because they do say what you read influences the uh, the baby, but I'm not it's sure not, I take stock in that yet. But and influence me. There's an author, and her name is J. L. Langley. She's written some wonderful books. She ha doesn't hasn't written a lot lately for whatever reason. Maybe health. But, but um, some of her early books, like the Tin Star. I read those books and then I read them again and then I and then I sort of dissected them to try to figure out what made them so good and why I like them. And it was those books and her work that sort of got me started in my early career that helped me figure out this is what makes a good book. Right. This is what makes a good story was some of her work. Okay. So I really liked it. I've reread some of them and and they're still good, and I still like them, but I think I spent too much time with them, and they don't have the magic anymore right. for me. Right. But that's okay. She writes amazing stories, um, and she is a wonderful author. I, I just, she got me, she helped me get my career going. Even yeah. she, I've never met her. She doesn't even know me. We chatted once in a group chat once, very briefly. But um, totally not what you expected, I'm guessing. But she she um, she helped me get going. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I can I can know. imagine that. I'd love to meet her. I would mm -hmm. love to meet her someday and just give her a hug and say, "You don't know what you did for me. You have no idea." I think that's all of our goals, though. If you think about it, would it would it not just make your your life if somebody walked up to you tomorrow and hugged you and said you made me a romance author yeah that would be yeah. the best that would be the ultimate moment i think for all of us you know it's like well, it's, i think it's like the thing that we all try to well, achieve at, in a way at, at when i went to a conference in st louis it's yeah. gotta be 2021 a year ago yeah i had a reader who asked if she could meet she wasn't attending the conference 
She was oh. driving in. No, she drove in for like two and a half hours to get there. Yeah, yeah. And she asked if I would be willing to sign some books for her. And yeah. of course I said I would. We'll meet, we can have coffee or a little snack. We can meet in the lobby. We can do this. Yeah. What she brought in was, was a big plastic tub, and inside that tub was every print book I had, every book I had ever put in print. Wow. Every single one of them. And That's I amazing. signed them for her. Every single book. Yeah, and then amazing. she had asked me to bring the other books that she didn't have yet in print, which I did, and she bought all those, and I signed all of them for her. Oh, that's amazing. I've only, I've only had that experience once, where I was, I was on my first ever national book tour, and this young girl just, she nearly strangled me. She was that excited and upset, and she just kept holding on to me, and she goes, you you brought me out of you know you you stopped me from doing suicide your story and your work and the fact that you talk so much about everything you've been through stopped me from ending my life because i knew one person out there cared about me and i remember yeah. crying in the car going back to the hotel and ian's like why are you crying and i'm like because I just changed somebody's life by sitting and writing a book you absolutely hate, but <laughs> he does. He abs I mean, he he has heard more about that series than anyone. I literally read the entire first book to him because I was having to practice for the events, and he goes, "Oh my god, if I never have to hear that story again, it'll be the best day of my life." Yep. yep. But to her. But it changed her, her life. You never it, know what when a book when something is going to really touch someone. Yeah. Um, the last I went to the couple of years, some years ago, I was going to the um, to the Leipzig Book Fair in Leipzig, Germany, and I had a right. reader who brought this stack of books, sixty books, and for me to wow. sign. Wow. And I signed them, and the next year she brought the other half the collection. Oh my goodness, your hand must have been cramping so bad. And, and it, no, I was happy to do it every single time. Yeah. And we have pictures of me behind a wall of books. <laughs> so because cool. she brought the books in English and she brought the books in German. She oh, had wow. Both. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's just amazing. And it's so wonderful when that happens. So yeah. you never know when you're going to touch someone. And that's no, the beauty don't. of what we do. It is. And that's why and I do it. And it's the beauty of being able, of, of, of that person that inspired you or had a um, an impact on your career. I'm, well, for I, me... I did, a, I did a signing in September. Yeah. At a, or uh, Maybe it was August. It was for Romance Bookstore Day. So it was in August. Yeah. And Christy was there. And oh, I said, wow. I have a book for you. I have a book for you. And I gave her a copy of Bad to Be Good because it was dedicated to her. Oh, because that's where that's I got amazing. the idea from. I yeah. said, no, I did this. I wrote this and I, and I, and I show her the dedication. And I said, this is for you because you, you, you were the one that inspired all this. So, that's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. That's, that is amazing. 
I, so to me, what, what I. What else do we have? What I've never done that, question? by the way. I've never had somebody say this book's dedicated to you. I've dedicated books to authors, um, but I've never, never had it done to me. So maybe one day. Karen Karen Rose dedicated one of her books to me. Or yeah. no, no, she didn't dedicate to me. She included me in the acknowledgments, which I was just oh, thrilled. Yeah, any time that that happens is amazing. I don't think I can think of well. I had a co-author who did it, but we were working together at the time, so I didn't really count that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think she did it. I think it's quarter to midnight, is the oh, book. It just oh, came out. Okay. And she she put yeah. me in the acknowledgments, which just made me thrilled. And then she sent me a copy of the hardcover. Okay. So that so that I would have the acknowledgement. She signed a signed a hardcover and sent it to me, which was so sweet. Yeah, I love that. It it just means so much when when you can get that sort of acknowledgement from your colleagues, and then you're also getting it from from the fans. It makes that time when you're alone and you're missing things actually feel like it's worth it. What time, if you could go back in time, what time would you go back to, and would you go back as a writer, a prince, or what other job would you have? What would I have to stay there? Yeah, you're thrown back through a portal. <laughs> yeah, but I would want to come home. <laughs> you don't get that choice, though. I mean, okay. I mean, I mean, the history is 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 so dirty. <laughs> it is, but it's educational. Yes. Oh well. Well, if I could go back to anywhere, I would probably go back to Renaissance Florence. Oh yeah. Yeah. Could uh, that that way? Then I could meet Leonardo and Michelangelo and all those people, and I would definitely be a prince because if I'm going back there, I'm gonna I'm gonna live the high life. I'm not gonna be a peasant. No, <laughs> no but there's some people that do want to be that blue collar because they want to understand what it was like to be in that position yeah, and but, to understand but at, at the least, people. At least I'd have if if you're a prince, you'd have a chance of living past thirty. Yeah, it depends on who you sleep with. <laughs> well, you laugh, but it's true, because if you think about it, right, in, in all seriousness, if you really think about it, there was a lot of people in that day and age who died from diseases that could have been prevented. Well, of course. But I mean... You know? I mean, the peasants... I was trying to think about how you to do that. The everyday people gently, but I couldn't. In that, in that <laughs> time, everyday people, you know, they got married at fifteen, sixteen, and they died in their early thirties. Yeah. So I, technically, you and me would already be dead. Yeah. 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 That's why I want to be a prince. They get better food. They healthcare. Know, it, it, well, such as it was. Yeah. Leeches and bleeding. Um, but they get you know they get better food. They they live a cleaner life. That's true, and, yeah. You know, so all of that hasn't has but yeah, I would want to be a prince. I could I could be a really good prince. I think you could too. I, I would be I'd really be interested to see what you would do with your power. Mm. Cuz that's the, like, that's the part I think people forget cuz you, yeah, you're going back to this great time and you get to meet all these people and stuff, but then you've got to remember your influence. Like, how are you going to influence the world around you? Yep. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, 
yeah, that that's what I, I take from it. Maybe it's not what I should take from it, but that's what I take from it. So, yeah. Okay, so your last question for the book section is, has there ever been a book that you wish you'd never picked up? Now, I'm going to explain why I asked this question is because we are undoing the negative attitude of reviewers out there and we're showing them that you can have a bad book and you can put Um, it away and not go out and destroy an author with your, you know, your your angry words. There's a book that was been out years ago. It's an older book. Yeah. And it's a wonderful book. It's a historic. Okay. And it's called Virginia Bedfellows. And it I've takes heard place, of that. Well, it takes place in colonial America. Yeah, it's got great characters. It's got all this, but it does not have a happy ending. Ah, uh, yeah, that's and, also true. I knew, but it that was one. it was so hard to read the book because I knew, you you could tell that one of the characters was going to die. And, yeah, and but all so the, in that time period, that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So it was so hard to read. Just because you had you had fallen in love with the characters, and then yeah. one of them is going to die, so it was like, and you didn't know who as well. well yeah, you, you you knew it was set up. You knew it was going yeah. to happen because it wasn't like he was killed. It was it was disease. It was a slow progression, but it was ah, still okay. sad. Yeah, and, I and, felt that way about Casanova. I must admit, I yeah, I felt sad about that. No, it's like, I don't read to be sad. No. And that one is like a a lonely old man who never found his happiness, you know? But, um, this book, it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful book. It's wonderful. It was just very hard to read. Yeah. And I think it's to do with taste as well. Like, you have to be super aware of your tastes and everybody else's tastes. Um, you know, when you pick up a book, okay, it might not be your cup of tea, but don't... I don't mean, trash it for other people, you know? The thing is that if I was to review this book, I'd still give it five stars because it's an amazing book and it really yep. made me feel something. Yep. I just probably would not read it again because it makes me sad. Yeah. I would I would, I would, would agree that that's a good response to have. I think that also talking about this is a good way for people to learn the effects of what they put on the internet that has on us as authors because we're we act like we've got big thick skin and everything else but really we're all a little bit soft and squishy and mushy well, so i think i think it's good that we just sort of kind of remind them well, you know everybody has an opinion yes and and we've come to the point where everyone now has a a mechanism to voice it yeah and I mean, in some ways, that's a very, very good thing. Mm-hmm. But, but um, just because be on the internet we can be anonymous doesn't mean that we can necessarily say everything or anything. Exactly, exactly. Because I had a reviewer once. Um, um, she, she get, she get on Amazon, and this was when yeah. you could actually contact people easily. Oh, you could message them directly. And I messaged her because she gave it a two stars. And I messaged her saying, I would really like to talk with you because you've read more of my books. But what is it about this one that you, that didn't, you didn't like? like? Because she reviewed other books. Yes. 
Yes. And, and the response I got back was, oh, I was just having a bad day and I took it out with you and suddenly the two-star review became a four. Okay. That's, I've never so, had that. I've always had the two-star or did not finish and I never contacted them. Well, but, that was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I guess what I'm, my point is that it, 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 there can be a lot of stuff that goes into a review, be it positive or negative. And exactly. as authors, we cannot... We just have to go forward. We can't control you, it. Yeah. We can't. It's one of those things we can't control. So railing against it doesn't do us any good. Just go ahead and continue writing and continue on. It's all we can do. Remember, what you've published and put out there is the past. It's what yep. you wrote six months ago. It's what you wrote a year ago. It's what you wrote 18 months ago. It's what you, you write next. You're in the now. And that's where you have to be, is you have to, we have to be as authors, we have to be in the now. Yes, I would agree with that. And I, I, I have to kind of remind myself that I am constantly evolving. And, and okay, this might not hit the spot, but my next one might. Well, and that's important. I mean, there, there have been people who have sent me notes about something or other, and it's like, okay... I engage with them. I ask why. I come to the, the, the. But sometimes it's like yes, but your expectations aren't realistic, and there's nothing I can yeah. do about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, what you expected from the book wasn't something I was ever going to give. Okay, fine, and yeah. you move on. But I had mm -hmm. I had a lady who was very articulate. She wrote me a wonderful note. We we went. She I actually she was actually able to help me. And that was many oh. years ago. Become a better writer. That's she pointed amazing. out some things that I that that I could have done better, and she was right. And I incorporated them and became a better writer because of her. I even dedicated yeah. a book to her. Oh wow! And thanked her for it because yeah. she helped make me better. I also <laughs> appreciated so much that she was willing to take the time to to spend with me. Yeah. To do something. I mean. It's those I those I appreciate the ones that you know are you can kind of tell when it's just people taking it out on you. Those are harder, I think, because you're like, well, you know, why why are you targeting somebody out with yourself? Well, it, they've had a bad you know? day. They've they, whatever it is. You just go on. Mm -hmm. You can't. You cannot spend your effort and time on it. No. No, I agree, and that's that's kind of my lesson. My my life lesson is to try and roll with the punches a little bit and just go, okay, this didn't work out today, but tomorrow could be different. Tomorrow I might might find something that touches people and I get more good reviews. You know, I just have to keep believing in myself and believing in, in what I'm doing. It's it's all we any of us can do. You yeah. always move forward. You you can't go back. Um, you can't change what's been done, so you just move forward. Exactly, exactly. And and it's important to realize that you are not going to be everything to every reader. Yep. Some some readers will be happy and love what you write. Some readers, it isn't for them. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. It's whatever yep. whatever one a person writes isn't going to be for everyone. That's okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean th there have been. Um, there have been people that, that, that just 
you've read some of my books and they say, I don't think in, and I, I got a note saying, from a reader saying, you know, um, yeah, I don't think your books are for me. They're not bad written. They're not, they're not poorly written. It's not, they're, I just don't think they're for me. And I said, well, and, and I came back with, I'm sorry about that. But mm -hmm. I hope, I hope you find people and, and authors and material that is right for you because everybody deserves to be happy and, and to love what they read. I would agree with you on that. And, yeah. and that's okay. That's perfectly okay. Um, Okay. And then yeah. we move on. So moving into writing, how did okay. you go about how did you go about creating your darker elements of your story? You know those moments where you have to try and get them over things um, or bring them together. What is it? How do you do that? Is it a, like do you create a mindset? Do you create a mood? Do you create an atmosphere? How do you go about getting in that position? I just sit down and write it. I like that. I don't. I don't have a great big ritual for it. In fact, it's sort of like I sort of get excited when I'm coming to that park because you know it's it's this big dramatic stuff and the words start to flow. So all that I do is just sit down and write it. In fact, I'll like sit there that. and write and not get up because I'm in the middle of something and I don't want it to stop because it's so ex you've got all this excitement and all this energy going on. Yeah. And, and you get through all this and there's going to be more energy because you're going to get, once you get to the other side, then you've got the resolution. Then you've got, got all of the good stuff on the other side. So I just keep going. Yeah. And that's, that's an amazing feeling, um, to just, to get there and to do it. Um, but some writers, they do rituals and they do have things like that, but it's always nice to hear how maybe you do it because it opens like another avenue for new writers to kind of learn from us I don't, I don't have a bunch of rituals for that sort of thing um, yeah I've done that sort of thing a hundred plus times oh okay so okay. you have done the rituals and I mean the so rituals I might have done them in the beginning but mm -hmm. now it's sort of like I just get I just let myself get get buried into it and, and engrossed in the story and then away I go yeah so what inspired you to pick the genre of writing that you have Oh, that's easy. I um, do have some easy ones. I'm not all okay. no, taskmaster. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm almost 60. Yeah. So I came of age during the AIDS, AIDS era. And so ah. of AIDS fiction. So everybody died. It was depressing. Yeah. Gay yeah. fiction was depressing, so I just didn't read it for the longest time. And then, oh, about 15, 16 years ago, Amazon, the great Satan, in its, in, in its imminent wisdom, recommended... I don't think you're supposed to say that. ...or something, yeah. recommended some, some gay romances. And I bought one and started reading it, and they had happy endings. Yeah. They people got together. Nobody died. <laughs> Big change. And so I started reading them and going to the gym and reading them. And I mean, Amazon was delivering books to my house once a week because I was just reading. I was reading them like crazy. I was probably a lot more than that. And I still but, am probably a lot more than that because well, my husband well, is going to kill I mean, me if I keep that going. Was, this was before the age of ebooks. I can't read ebooks. Uh, 
So, so mm-hmm. I, um, I was going on used, you know, used book sites. I was buying all kinds of books. I was reading all these books. Yeah. And then I got this idea that I was going to try writing one. And I never, I never told anyone that I was writing right. a book until I was yeah. halfway through the manuscript, and then I told my husband. Did he not wonder, though, with you typing away on your computer for long hours? You were up no, to? because he was, at the time, he was working uh, okay. on, um, he, was, he was doing translation work at home, so he was using stuff at the computer. Right. So, okay. So it wasn't a yeah. So it was a little bit less like. But when he was working, yeah. I was working, and I told him it was about halfway through, and I actually finished the book. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 from there it just took off. Yeah. I wrote after the first one. I wrote a second book, and then a third book, and mm-hmm. then the and then the the first book got published, and it was okay. The second book got picked up by a by a publisher, right? And and it did, it did, okay. It was a fantasy. It did okay, but I mm-hmm. kept working. I kept at it, and I think it was the fifth book that really took off. Yeah, there's always one where you kind of dwindle and dwindle, and then boom, you 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 kind of start flying. It, it it yeah, that fifth book really took off, and then the sixth book, and then from there it just went. And yeah. I had, you know, we, we, we were, and there we go. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how it, it all started with, with these, these books from, from, the, from Amazon that I just tried and. You just ended wrote, up falling you know, in love with. I found, yeah. found gay romance and I found these stories of people falling in love with happy endings. Those are the best. I will I will say that those are the best when you just get that breathtaking feeling and you just fly away with it. Yeah. Um and by the way my my book number would be like 10 times what you just said so you made me feel a little bit better about myself. When it comes to kind of writing, are you a jigsaw man where you're kind of piecing it all together or is it more like a movie for you? Um, I start at the beginning and write my way through. So it's it's more pantsing than than yep. maybe plotting or. Yep. I mean, I generally I start with an idea. I generally know where that I, I know where that idea is going to go. In right. my mind, I have some of the you know the major turning points will come, and then I'll yep. sit down and write the book. And sometimes those turning points shift and change. Yep. But, yep, I just sit down and write the book. I mean that that's incredible to me because um, I did that and my writing was horrible <laughs> and I learned to go and plot it out and go step by step um, it's not like a jigsaw to me it's like a film but I'm able to note down what's happening so that I don't get that awful writer's block of oh shit you know where am I supposed to be at this specific moment because I've gone off on a tangent somewhere um and I, yeah, if I didn't do that, I think I would have I've, gotten lost a long time ago. I've never had, I've never really, knock on wood, had an issue with writer's block. Oh, okay. Um, I just, I just keep going. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very persistent. I just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that's and, good. That is good. Even if it's scene by scene, even if it's 
okay, okay, I've got the next scene, so I'm going to write the next scene. And then, then, and then all of a sudden, at some yep. point, the roadmap in my mind opens up and the rest of, there's the rest of the book and away we go. Yeah, yeah. I'm at that point right now in a book. Um, oh, wow. I'm writing a book called The Residence Dilemma. It's, I like the sound of that. He's an ER resident. It's a doctor. He's in, he's in his, oh. his, his residency training. I love those ones. I really do. And, I like the... So mi- I'm, the yeah. I'm writing the end of it. I'm coming to the end of the story. Yeah. And and so now I, I got to the really good parts. I've got to the... To the, you know, the bad guy has done his thing and and I'm coming to the black moment where things where things go to hell and then I get to write the part afterwards. So that's what, after, after I'm done here, that's what I'm going to do is I get to write that part. And have the fun of that part, yeah. And have no, all I the fun that. of that part because I, I have to have the book done in about two days. Oh, deadlines are awful, aren't they? Well, because I have to start another book because that one has a deadline for next month. So I have to finish this one so I can write the next one. I don't envy you that because I think deadlines for me makes me oh. panic. Oh, no. And not in a I'm good way. Write. I know what the story, the next story is going to be. Um, yeah. I just got back from a cruise and I've decided Ooh. I'm going to write it on a cruise. I've got my characters. One is I this. I love that. One is this hypersexual by hypersexual by individual right okay he's he's he is bisexual he knows that yeah um but mostly he has had women in his life because it's what it what's expected so it's going to be a little different yes because he's he's going to explore a little bit more than just yeah what he was thinking that's the other one the other character I have decided is going to be a a performer. Oh, he's going to be a he's going to be sort of famous. I like that. Okay, and and he needs to get away. He needs a vacation. He needs time away. He needs all yep. of that. Right? Yeah. So he and. And Jeffrey are going to go on this cruise together. Yeah. Because Jeffrey Jeffrey wants a room. He's got this room. He wants a roommate for the cruise because he doesn't want to go to go on a cruise alone. No, never it's a nice okay. feeling. Yeah. And so these two are going to get together. And and there's going to be and I could just see this scene in my mind. That's it's the whole thing, which is they're on the cruise ship, and the biggest yeah. thing is that. That they're going to get, you know, the cruise ship passengers in the end are going to get a performance from whatever his name is. Oh, okay. I like yeah, where you're going with this. Yes. Yeah. In a way, he's going to save the cruise because because one of the entertainers for the cruise is sick and can't perform. Oh, that's sad. So, yeah, but I like so the fact that it's it's going to be a love story and that they're, they're going to. It's going to definitely be a, a romance, but. Yeah. It's going to be they a get to experience it, yeah. And everything else. And the cool part is that that the way that he's going to to um, convey his feelings is by the choice of song that he sings in front of everyone. Oh, I like that. But the that. song is going to be sung to that yeah. one person in the audience. 
Of course, you couldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think those are special. Like fun. those ones are really special because that's the sort of thing that they're very touching. Those stories because it is a very individual journey that they're going on. It's it's all it's a very difficult story that they're going on, and it's one that you get to share in a very unique kind of setting and in a very unique way and i i love that i think that's yeah that 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 was a story for me i definitely think that's a story for me so that's that's going to be the next one so i've got to finish this one so that i can write (laughs) yeah because you and me right we're gonna have to sit and like talk about the stuff that you and me are working on because i know that i'm desperately trying to find an agent again like an agent that's one that i can trust um and i think just talking to you because you you seem to be more you're down to earth and you don't seem to take any of the usual drama you don't get involved in the usual drama so yeah i think when it comes to asking for advice and help i think you're definitely one of the people that i can turn to and say i don't know what i'm doing here help (laughs) you know so yeah um I, I am so honored to, to be sitting and talking to you, and I know a lot of new writers out there will be thinking the same. What other questions do we have? I know we've got. A, we've, I, know, I, I know you sent me a whole list. Yeah, we do. We have a whole list. Is there a character that you wish you could write more about? Well, wow. Yeah, it's a tough. Well, one. there's a, there's some from some of the early books. There's a character that I just uh, there's a couple characters I absolutely fell in love with. In fact, I think I wrote nine books. Oh, in that okay. Series, and they yeah. nine or eleven books in that series, and they appear in all almost all of them. Yeah. And it was oh. Jeff and Eli from from the Love Means stories. Those are some of the very early books. Yeah. And I I just love those stories. And Jeff is probably as close to me as I've ever written. Oh, okay. So you really poured yourself into him. You've I written what you know. I myself into those yeah. books. Because I wrote the story of Jeff and Eli, and Jeff is a farmer. And he, basically the, the inspiration of the first book, which is Love Means No Shame, is what is a little Amish boy doing sleeping in my barn? Oh, okay. And then I like I that. that book. And then the next one I wrote because Jeff had gay parents, so I went back and wrote their story as a prologue, the entire right. book. Yeah. And then I went then I went forward and wrote all the other stories. Yeah. But Jeff and Eli, um, they, um, they, they, you know, they appear in almost. In fact, Jeff appears in all of the stories because even in the prologue, Jeff is a child. Yeah, of course, well, yeah. The cool, the cool part is you see Jeff as a child. You see Jeff as a, as a young man falling in love. You see Jeff maturing through the books. And eventually, in a short story, you see him and Eli's son graduating from high school. Oh, wow. So you wow. even see the characters as they grow older. Yeah. So do you think we'll ever hear more from Jeff and his little family? Could we see so. the romance of the sun maybe blooming next? Uh, probably not. Oh. That world, 
has I haven't written anything in that world in over a decade. You never know what might come to you, though. You do. You never know. But I just I tried, and I wrote a an ancillary story that takes yeah. place in the area, and it was fun. But no, I don't have that. I think that world is done. That world has done what it's what it's going to do. Yeah. So have you had a character that's would you say has lingered that that you've never quite shook, other than oh. Jack? You know there are there are a few characters that have stuck around no matter what, and you know it's the funniest thing because I've never quite stuck quite been able to shake Jeff even though I haven't written anything about him in a very long time. Yeah, he's always there. I think he's just part of me. He, like I said, yeah. he's as close to writing myself as possible. So I think forgetting him it would be like trying to forget part of me. Though that is very true. I, I've been there myself. I know what that feels like. If you could change one thing in publishing, what would it be? Oof. Publishing. I mean, the thing about publishing itself is that it's a business. It's yeah. about making money. It's about it's about the publisher making money. It's about us making money on what we sell. It, that's what it is at its core. It's a business. Yeah. Um. So, changing something about publishing, I would love it if publishing was more diverse. If same here, yeah. Okay, but the thing is that that in order for publishing to be more diverse, then that means that we need the readership to ask for more diverse books. Yeah. Publishing yeah. is not the leader. It's the follower. Yes. The readers are the leader. So, and that's what's cool, is it is, there are a lot of things happening that weren't happening five years ago, six years ago. I would agree, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I, Harlequin is publishing an MM comedy. That never happened five years ago, that's and for that sure. that wouldn't have happened five years ago. So there are other things that are, that are happening that will continue to happen and as readers we have to demand it if this is what yeah, you want let publishing know and publishing will deliver it because it's a business yeah if you don't ask for it we can't provide it and if you it's know, out it's a... there buy it gosh yeah i mean um, i wish that i wish people would do that a lot i I have been told how amazing my stories have been and I I sit back and I think well if my stories are amazing why don't people buy them you get that doubt within the publishing industry almost because it is normally about sales and you know all that kind of things and and it's I find a, that really difficult it's a yeah. business and the hard part is that that sometimes I mean I mean you've got those Sometimes it makes no sense what it is that sells. Sometimes it I just agree. makes no yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. But it's what's. But publishers are going to publish what they what sells. Yeah. And I, I'm I am seeing a lot more mainstream publishers, uh, off published authors starting to, you know, if there is a series they want to finish, them going out and releasing it themselves. Um, 
and it do well for themselves. I don't recommend, like, it's not a, a route I would personally take because I don't trust my grammar and I, you know, everything else. And it is expensive to put a book out yourself. Um, but yeah, like, I, that's my, my opinion, you know. I think it's great that they are doing that and people are getting to read the end results of, of series as they wouldn't otherwise get to see. Which is the um, hardest challenge you've ever had in writing? Um, I mean, yeah, we're back to the tough questions again. Well, writing, writing is... In every book, you put some of yourself. So how can you, you know, you, you have to be able to come up with things that are fresh and new and different and fun after 175 books. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you know the, the, the 176 has to be as interesting and fun and great as the first one or the third one or the fourth one. So yep. it's always about keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting. Yeah. Not writing the same thing again, but writing something that's fun and fresh. Mm -hmm. Which is difficult. <sighs> it's very, very difficult. And I think as we're now starting to appreciate, you know, I think the more that we go on in our careers, we appreciate how difficult it actually is. But it, yeah, you, you do sometimes sit there and think, what the hell have I got myself into? You have those moments of, can I can I keep doing this? Can I keep coming up with fresh things? It is not easy. And, and that's why I admire people that do go through it. Um, so yeah. Well, moving on to your life. Okay. This is where we demythify authors and all the hassle and stuff we go through. What is the first thing that you do when you want to de-stress from editing and writing and all the pressures that goes with it? I'll put on something in television and take a nap. That is completely... The, that's the only time I've ever had that answer. That... Wow. Okay. I'll put something on television and I will, try, I will take a nap. I will just shut down for a while. That is so not what I expected. I'm like totally in shock. Okay. Like I said, I'm nearly 60. I get to the point now where I can take a nap at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm like, I'm 33 and I can do that. Okay. I, but I, I, just, I just find yeah. that just getting away from it, taking it easy. Yeah. Um, letting my brain just settle down. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I, I. And then I can come back to what I was doing. Yeah, I agree. Um, what's hob what hobbies do you enjoy, and are there ones you wish you could explore more? Yeah, um, there are always ones I could explore more, but I have to. I have limits on my time. I garden we all a do. lot. I I, oh, wow. I do that. I'm the president of my garden club, so I'm actually a member of a garden club, and I am I'm the president of the garden club. Um, okay. That's something that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. Dominic and I will do some craft projects. We're both very handy. Yeah. Like, when you say craft, do you mean a knitting, sewing, painting, 
Or are you meaning housecraft, as in, you know, DIY, both, that kind of thing? Both. DI lots of DIY. Yeah. But but we also do, um, um, you know, we have things that we do, like, like one of the things that I like to do is there's a you, you paint ceramic place in town, and, and so whenever my niece comes to visit, she and I will go over and paint stuff. Wow. And, that is nice, yeah. And, I mean, I have a, a few other hobbies. Mostly it's about time. I mean, if I get involved in a whole bunch of stuff, then I'm suddenly really busy. With things yeah. that are taking up time, but aren't getting me anywhere. So I have to be careful about the things that I let into my time frame. Yeah. Um, Dominic and I like to travel. And, yes. as, and as we get older, I want to be able to do more of that. Yeah, of course. And cruising's a great way to do it because everything is there, and you know you're not worrying about what you know finding restaurants and all that yeah, kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. The only vacation where he and I don't fight about food. <laughs> I have to understand this. Why do you fight about food? Because Dominic will look all through, look for the everything, and try to find the perfect restaurant. And all terms is, I'm hungry. I want to eat now. Yeah, no, I'm the. For, for him, food is a big deal. For me, it's like I want to eat now. Yeah, I eat like food. to eat food that I can actually eat. Whereas my husband's diet is so restricted, I have to almost say, "Well, where do you want to eat?" Because I know when I want to eat, he's not going to eat. So yeah. And I get the same. Yeah, I get so, the same so, problem. So, so we, I do. yeah, we have that sort of thing. So a cruise vacation is very easy because the food is there. We don't argue about what we want to eat. Yeah, I love that. Um, it was nice because when I had my pa my parents here and my aunt, and they were staying in a South Catering flat, and I went and stayed with them for four days, and it was amazing because I didn't have to worry about his diet, my partner's diet. I could just eat in these beautiful restaurants because my mom's a chef, so I, I know f what good food is. Yeah. And I got to sit and I had all this gorgeous food and I didn't have to feel guilty once. I didn't have to turn to Ian and say, I'm hungry now. Can you pick something before I eat you? You know, because that, that sometimes is an issue, especially when you've got a partner who's got a specialized diet. Um... Yeah. So yeah, yep. I, I totally understand yep. that now. Yep. What do you look forward to the most now that in your writing career, like and and in life and in life, what's the things you look forward to most? Gosh. Um. You know, I don't look forward to the big things so much anymore. It's the little okay. things. That, I mean, I tend to look forward forward to the littler things now. I mean, okay. I don't have these these big, huge plans. COVID sort of changed all of that because we, you know, we 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 made all these plans, and then COVID hit, and then we ended up undoing all of those plans. Yeah, I had that issue too. So, so now it's smaller things like this coming weekend we're going to the Renaissance Fair, and I'm looking forward to that. I've got yeah. some conferences later this month, and then it's the holidays. And then it yeah. will be quiet for the winter, and I'll be able to sit with my, my writing and my computer and have quiet time. Um, you know, I, I, 
I've got, um, yes, I've got some big books and I've got some things that are happening, but I can't affect the publishing world. Yeah. I can, I can propose things. I can, I can hope that the publishers like them and will take them. But other than that, I just, I, I'm now looking at things in my private life and what can we do to yeah. have fun and what can we do that we've always yeah. wanted to do. And that's really good because I know from my own experiences with COVID, um, it was hard. Like, I was staying with my folks. I thought it would be easy. Um, my partner really struggled because he couldn't get, you know, work just evaporated. And it was hard, you know, just trying to get our head around everything that was going on. Everything we had to think about. And when we moved out of my parents' house and we came down to uh, the mainland of the UK, it didn't get any easier. Um, I got sicker and that made it, you know, that made it harder. So now I, I worry about things that I know that I can change, like making sure I do things that help my health and making sure that I... I don't overdo it um, because I know if I overdo it, I'm going to be bed bound for a few days. So it's it's things like that. Just just reminding myself that you know, life's good. Let's enjoy it. Let's not worry. Let's just you know, let's just keep going and 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 enjoy the moments that we can, because we never know when it's going to be over. Like I think all of us might have learned that the hard way, you know. Um, we don't know when life's just going to suddenly change on us. Um, so that was what I learned. So I'm, I'm, just take, I'm just being happy with the littler things now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's such a good lesson to have learned. I, and I hope people see it like that. And, and they don't want to just banish COVID to the outer limits of the universe. Because I think we all learned something really positive out of all that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we all did, in our own way, learn something extremely positive and extremely good for us. Personal opinion. <laughs> What's the first thing you do in the morning? Um, this is one that always teases people because oh, we mean, all have I different get up, I get up routines. I in a t-shirt, sweatpants, or shorts, and I move to the other room and start work. So you don't put the coffee on or or coffee. do the dishes or anything like that. You just My straight up, straight to the computer. I go to the computer and I start work. Wow. My I wish I could was, do that. was a chef, so the kitchen is his domain. Oh, so you don't enter. Right. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> My husband, that's like the garage. I don't enter, so, yeah. start work. I like that. Man after my heart. Um, what do you have... Do you feel like... When you're crafting, do you feel... Now, this is a plumber analogy, and I have not come up with a better one, but here we go. So when you're crafting, do you not feel like it clears the pipes? It clears all that crap out, and you feel like you're starting completely afresh? No, not necessarily. Sometimes, okay. sometimes it, I mean, it's, it's just different, I guess. Um, I mean, the story is there, and so, 
it, the, the pipes never get cleared. It, I always use it as a well. And oh, you know, okay. you know, the stories bubble up from the bottom. And that, that, that never stops. Right. They never get cleared. There's never that. I mean, I finished one story and and sent it. Got, we finished one story, sent it to my publisher. And while I was on the train going to the cruise, while I was cruising on the train to New York so that we could catch the cruise ship, I was writing the next story. It never stopped. I it have that. Yeah, I have that. But I have to do the kind of step away at night. You know, put it down, and then I have to craft so that my brain shuts down so I can sleep. Because yeah. if I don't, I'm sitting up at three o'clock in the morning with the notebook going, "Oh, this and oh that and oh," and it, it drives my husband nuts. He can't sleep, so I have to kind of almost take that step back and just go, "Okay, t this is a time to write. This is a time to be with family. This is a time to sleep." Well, yes, that's true. I, mean, I don't. I think that's important. Yeah. Generally, in the evenings, I stop. Yeah. And do so that Dominic and I have time together. Yeah, which is important. It is really important. I myself have a long-term illness that makes me slow down and appreciate the day. What would you say slows you down to smell the roses? What's your uh, um, moment? I mean, I've just learned to do it. Yeah. There's I mean, no I, little I, tricks or that you can pass on to people no out there. There's no little tricks for me. There's, you, I'm, I can take the days off. Um, um, I will just, I mean, Saturday's coming up, and Saturday I have nothing. I will be busy all day. Oh, dear. We'll go for friends for breakfast, and then we will we will go to the Ren Fair, and that's an all-day thing, and then we'll have... We'll have food afterwards, and then we'll come home. It'll just be a whole day, and I won't be thinking about stories at all. I I hear a hope there. Like, oh, it no, might it's, happen. It's, it's all set and done. It, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen. I won't be thinking about it, because it'll be, it'll be my day to just wind down and let it go. Someday I'll pick it up again. Because, yeah, because you can only, like, I feel like you can only walk away for so long. And then you end up, I don't want to say back where, you know, where you started. But you, you can't walk away because the story drags you in. And you have to just sit and write it. You just have to sit and constantly I don't, I don't follow it. I don't have to do that. But, I mean, I don't, I don't put stories down forever either. I mean, I mean... A day or two tops. Yeah, but every now and then, a day, a day of rest, a day away—that's good. That helps. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I find it hard to go any longer than that. Though. Afternoon out in the yard with my elbows up to up to my elbows in dirt, and yeah. and do gardening projects and things like that. It all helps. Yeah, so things that are away from the work that are just totally unrelated. Let your mind do something. I I generally will try to do something physical to let my mind rest. Yeah, yeah, I like that. For me, I I know for me, I have to take time away because sometimes I get overly invested in a story and I I end up overwriting. I get overly. I I I'm trying to think of the word here. I get I get stuck, and then I'm like oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, like, 
and I overwrite, and then I have to go back and I have to un unpick it all. Um, okay. Those are those are my bad habits. So yeah, I I have taught myself to to get up and, and and walk away and then come back when my head's not so frantic. That happens um, to everybody. And then you yeah. come back and you start fresh after, a, you know, take a day off here and there. You come back, you start fresh. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, oh, I need to go back and add this because I forgot it or that. That happens. Yeah, yeah. It happens yeah. to all of us. And it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice when you have somebody else who you can say, I've done this and I don't think I've done it right. And then to have, like, somebody just come and sit down next to you and say it's okay you know it's almost like a you don't feel quite so lonely when when, when you find well, that and, person you can have that conversation with you're writing and you're doing all this step back and just finish the dang book and enjoy it well, and don't worry about all of the other stuff just finish the book you can always go back to it you can always rework it but just finish the book yeah exactly and I'm trying to do that now and I'm also trying to enjoy it while I'm doing it too and I think that's new for me because I always was like gotta get it done, gotta get it done, gotta get it done and Ian will be like take a breath you know like so now I am trying to enjoy the journey of writing it rather than just feel like I'm under the gun to get it done. Where's your favorite place to curl up during the day? Is it garden? Cafe? Reader Snoop? Where do you like to go? Um, I have my I'm sitting in my writing room right now and what so your I do writer's is room. I sit in my writing room and and I have blankets, I have comfy things, and I'll just surround myself with comfy things. Okay, that's if, interesting. If I if I need to need to get away, well then there's always television. There's always other things. Or I'll finish what I'm working or finish the story and then I'll pick up a book. I use a reward yeah. system. If I if, if I write, meet my goal for the day, well, then I can read. Or I can watch television or I can do something. But if I've still yeah. got work to do, then the television's off and the books are put away. So I'll, yeah. I do this, this carrot thing. Yeah, carrot and stick, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. I, I had to do the same thing. Uh, wrestling's my addiction. Um, so I have to put it away and then when it's time to get whatever done done I can do it and that yeah. that that is how I how I operate right well, we've made it to the word game you'll be glad to hear this is the coming us to the end of the podcast and this is the funnest part so when I say a word you have to think of a book that ties to it now in my mind I had to try and imagine where I would meet you in an ideal author world. And for me, it was a smoky, it's a smoker's room with a library in an old man's club that I have snuck in under disguise. Okay, but no smoke. Well, obviously, but no I'm giving you the, uh, the atmosphere. And uh, we're sitting in the corner with a really nice sherry each and we're talking books. So that oh. that was the that was the image I had in my head when I thought of you. Um, and obviously there is coffee too. So it's like coffee and sherry. So that was my idea when I put down the word list. Uh, okay. So I'm excited to see what you come up with. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Coffee. 
Yuck. <laughs> That's not a book. Um, um, okay, coffee will go with the taste of love. Oh, okay. Okay. Books. Um, New Leaf Bookstore. That's really, yeah, that ties into yours. What about leather armchairs? A little bit harder this time. Sorry? Lord of the Rings. You're going to have to explain the connection with that one. I always see Tolkien as writing, sitting in a leather armchair and, and, you know. Oh, okay, right. I see where you're going. I always see him working on that in this leather arm, you know, this leather armchair in the library, um, you know, because he was an academic. So I always see him in one of those old English academic libraries in his armchair with his notebook going at it. Yeah, I can see that too. Okay. Swirling staircases. Oh my gosh, Harry Potter. That's such a jump. <laughs> I wasn't expecting, sorry, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, come on, she's got those moving staircases and everything else in those well, books. Well, that so. is true. Yeah. So. Funnily enough, when, when I when I went through this, the first thing, I had two. I had Forsyth Saga and I had The Court of Thorns and Roses was the two that I had for that. Harry Potter. Yeah, oh, such those, an easy oh, one. Those staircases. Gas lamps. What? Gas lamps. It's like lamps that are oh. uh, burnt with gas in them. Oh, and Perry London. I went to Alert Combs. <laughs> Anne, Anne Perry wrote these amazing Victorian mysteries, and they're all set in that Victorian London with the gas lamps and... And, I know, uh, I, I've seen her, she's amazing. I just don't know why I thought Sherlock Holmes. Well, that, but that's, that works too. I mean, it's the same sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, it is, it is. What about rugs? You know, those really thick rugs your feet slips into when you're walking. Ooh. Okay, then with, with really thick rugs and that sort of thing, then we have to go with something like Fire and Ermine with the Prince. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we're yeah, touching on some good stuff really here. Thick, they go into these rooms with this beautiful furniture and this thick carpet that you're, you you never make a sound because the carpet's so thick and so lush and those rugs are just so perfect. It's my dream. It, it, honestly, my dream is to get one of those carpets that your feet just absolutely sink into. I would love to own one of those, but I have not yet stayed somewhere that I could buy one so yeah open fireplaces Ooh, open fireplaces um i mean let's that's see. a tough one well, i have i have ones of your your sticking well, you've got open fireplaces so you've got atmosphere you've got yeah. you can you could have making love in front of it Exactly. Well, that's um, what I think of open fireplaces. Oh, we could do lost and found. Yeah, the western that's a good one. With dogs and the dogs love to curl up in front of the fireplace. Yeah, my cats loved it too. My parents they they would curl up in front of the burner and they would just watch the flames all night. Um, yeah. And I loved that scene. Your last word, and then you survived the game. 
is Dark Corners. Dark Corners is okay. Let's see. Dark Corners, Shadows, Mystery. Ooh. I had a really weird one. I had Twilight was the instant well, thought I had there. You could go with Twilight, but but not so much. I'm thinking something along the lines of There's a, also Vampire a, Diaries a good too. Karen Rose book. Let's say Say You're Sorry. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Well, I like yours better. Because there's always the yeah. darkness. There's always this depth. And it's not necessarily the corners of the room, but it's the corner, the dark corners of the mind. I agree. I love that. Well, <laughs> folks, that is the end of the podcast for this week. It has been an absolute honor to have Andrew on. And Andrew, please contact me when you've got some more stuff coming out. And I promise the next conversation will be all about your books now that we've introduced you to the audience. So, yeah, please please come back. We absolutely adore you and we love what you've done. Uh, so yeah, guys, you want to come back next week because we have a Swedish crime writer who's taking over Britain. You're gonna want to see this. <laughs>